At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to First Strike right here on Visa. I'm your host, Dave Ross. For the next hour, we're going to break down UFC Fight Night right here in Las Vegas. Misha Tate against Ketlin Vieira. We're going to have a cast of thousands to help us do just that. Nick Lee is going to join us momentarily. Ricardo Lamas will be here, the former one of the best men on the planet at 145 pounds. Jordan Sherwood, Lou Finnecaro, and Reed Kuhn will also have their insight and cover this fight and these fight cards here in every possible gambling angle that we have. Let's talk about the main event here very quickly with Ketlin Vieira against Misha Tate, because if you don't know the Misha Tate story, it is rather fascinating. Obviously, she won the belt way back at UFC 196 after she beat Holly Holm in a single-ending five-round fight, getting the stoppage in that fifth and final round in a fight in which she was trailing. Then she went away from the sport. She had a baby, obviously became a mother, and now she is back trying to climb back to the ranks here in the 135-pound division. And you look at the odds here for this fight, and it is basically a dead heat right now. Vieira, the small favorite here at minus 120 against Misha Tate, the former champion. And look at the rest of the main card here that we're going to see on Saturday here at UFC Apex uh, in Las Vegas. Let's bring in the aforementioned uh, Nick Kalikas. You can follow him on Twitter, as I do, at Fight Odds. Does a great job on ESPN as well. Nick, great to have you back in here. Let's talk about this card here. And I mentioned, when you look at Misha Tate, the story is sensational, right? But she has been away from the sport. Now she's coming back here, and she's kind of getting her rhythm back here. But right now, when you set those numbers, you're seeing money come in on Vieira. Yeah, we are, actually. I opened Tate minus 130, plus 110 on Vieira, and the money did come in there. Now, I was playing a little bit more defense on Tate. She's an ultra-popular fighter, and she looked very impressive in her debut back you know, from that retirement. So I had to kind of see her, how she performed and how she played things out last time. And she looks phenomenal. I don't think she ever looked better. I understand Renault was kind of in a retirement spot. And right. A lot of people are kind of making that an excuse. Hey, she's an older fighter. She kind of had a give me bout. I don't think that's the case. She looked phenomenal. At 35 years young, because everybody at 35 is young to me, Nick, here. <laughs> and you look at it, when you do see the money flip like that rather quickly, once you put that number out there, do you think that's just because they go, oh, well, she is only one fight back. She really hasn't fought stiff competition here. It, she had a significant layoff, and obviously becoming a mother changes things as well. Is this just basically the public now an educated uh, MMA audience and gambling on it? Say, wait a minute, not so fast just because we know the name of Misha Tate. Right, exactly. And I think Vieira is one of these 
contenders that, I mean, it's so difficult to match up against, right? She's so physically strong. She has that grappling pedigree. She's got power on the feet. So it's a very difficult matchup for most. But stylistically, I don't think it's the case for Misha Tate. I think mm. Misha Tate matches up extremely well. But what you said is true. I think the public is basing it on her time off. And I think this is a big step up, and a lot of people don't think she's ready for it. No, and again, Nick, when I walked in today here on a Friday, as the fights obviously will be a Saturday here in Las Vegas, first thing I do is look at the big board here at Circa, and I see the over-under for the Raz. It's four and a half here, juiced to the over right now. So most people expecting this fight potentially to go the distance. Is that what you're seeing the betting public do? I think we're seeing some two-way action right now, a little bit more on the under, which I think is going to continue to come in that way. Because again, a five-round spot, we've seen Misha Tate be able to kind of do that in the past. Vieira hasn't been tested. So I think there's a lot of question marks and concerns with cardio in round four or five. So I think a lot of people, a lot of sharp bettors are going to actually take the under in this one. Typically speaking, in ladies' bouts, they do tend to go over, and a lot of people want to bet the overs. But I think this is a case where you have to be cautious on the under. When I see that number, you see juiced at, at minus 170, the comeback here in the under at plus 140. Are we double-dog daring people to try to take that under? But you are seeing people do just that. Yes, no doubt. I mean, we are seeing people. But again, we are going to see people take the over, obviously, too. So there is going to be a spot in four and a half rounds. I think it's going to be juiced appropriately because we, we're going to see those people wanting to take the over for sure. Yeah, so let's see. There are multiple ways there again, to try to get ultimate value here. And you can see it there uh, right now. The under minus uh, is plus 140, rather, for four and a half total rounds. When we look at this card here and you get a fight like Michael Chiesa against Sean Brady, we know that this is going to be a very interesting stylistic matchup, right? Because you look at Brady, he just looks like a quiet assassin in there. And you know Chiesa is going to want to try to get this fight down to the ground. And, and Mad Mav right now is a solid underdog here, plus 155 in the comeback. What type of action you're seeing so far in this one? There was two-way early on, but now as we approach fight day, I mean, it's getting a little bit more bet towards Brady's side. The steam is coming in on Brady. A lot of people believe that he is the next title contender, possibly, right? And Kiesa, I mean, he kind of laid an egg last time out, you know? And, and it was unfortunate because we weren't expecting him to kind of fall into that trap in this submission game because he's got such an outstanding submission game on the offensive end, right? So I think there's a lot of question marks. and A lot of people kind of jumped off the Kiesa ship here. I was on Chiesa against Costa, and I, I, that one against Paulo did not go my way. That's for sure. So let's see if he can rebound a little bit here. And again, is this again where I know a lot of it seems like a lot of times in these smaller fight cards, right? They do like to play the, the favorites traditionally here. So what we're starting to see um, again, I'm assuming the books are going to want some of these dogs to come up big for him. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, we need a couple parlay busters here and there for sure. The good thing is the main event, like um, Amisha Tate fight is a, nearly a pick em fight. And yeah. like you said, the Brady fight isn't really that Crazy. I mean, it is trending towards 200, but it's not that bad. We will get two-way action, but a parlay buster is always needed. When you look at uh, Ronnie Yaya back in there against uh, Kyung Ho Kang, that is, well, I think it could potentially be the fight of the night here, a very sneaky fight on this one. Are you seeing action come in on this one? And again, as we go deeper in some of these smaller cards, I wonder what you're seeing here from the betting public. For us, personally, we're seeing a little bit more action on Yaya. I mean, the public, I think, overall is betting Kong. I mean, we're seeing a lot of action come his way, and, and the line's kind of staying that way as far as market-wide. But we are favoring Yaya right now because we've got a lot of sharp action, a lot of heavy action coming in his way. But I do think that they're kind of underestimating Kong in this spot. I think he is the type of fighter that could possibly stuff those takedowns. And on the feet, he's world's better. I think he's levels above Yaya in this spot. Do you ever, do you ever consider putting a number out there and saying, all right, we're going to put a, a number for fight of the night? where you could actually wager which fight you think would win fight of the night oh. because it feels like this would be a high contender. For no, it. no doubt. I used to actually offer those back in the day. Like we did put fight of the night props up. Uh, maybe we'll do that again one day at Circa. But uh, yeah, but there is a definitely a, a fun kind of aspect of that, right? With right. those type of props. Yeah. yeah. And let's keep going down on the main card here. You look at uh, Joanna Wood here against Talia Santos here. Santos, the overwhelming uh, big favorite that you had to set this one out at minus 380. Are you seeing any action coming in for the for the underdog here? It's all parlays on the favor Santos. I mean, a lot of yeah. people believe that Calderwood, again, is in that spot in her career where maybe she's not as hungry for that title shot. I think Santos is kind of coming in at the, at the right time. She's physically strong. She has some offensive skills for sure. But a veteran like Wood at that price is very intriguing and tempting. So I know we're going to get some dog action back. I mean, some sharps are going to just wait till the line peaks and then come in and take the dog as well. It's just so it's so funny for me, obviously, when I see the ages and I see 35, but the old fighter still. But it is old in fighting terms, that's for sure. But again, Misha Tate, 35. So is Joanna Wood in this one here. Uh, both underdogs, but differently, uh, certainly a different underdog here for Joanna Wood. Let's right. talk about Davey, uh, Davey Grant here. He's going to take on Adrian Yanez. And I saw Davey Grant a couple of weeks ago at the D uh, watching some of the main event action here just a couple week, weeks ago. Now he's, he's in the octagon here at... at uh, UFC Apex. What do you make of this number here? Because right now he's a sizable underdog. Yeah, again, and the line keeps on kind of trending up. We open it a little bit lower. The market is betting Giannis. Giannis is a phenomenal fighter to watch. He's so fun. You know, he came into the division and right away made some noise, right, with his finishing ability. So I like what we see in Giannis. But 
this is, again, another sneaky spot because Davey Grant is underrated. He's been throughout his entire career. He's got that wrestling. He's got power on the feet. He showed it time and time again. This is not a joke. This is a very tough test for Giannis. Here. It just feels like this is the night for 35-year-olds. So we've got a lot of underdogs and a common theme here, 35-year-olds in the main card uh, as, as bigger dogs. Again, you mentioned the parlay busters. Is it – are you seeing that it's kind of traditional where maybe novice UFC fans or, or at least MMA fans go, all right, let me just get these big favorites – load them up on one card, and hope for the best. Yeah, we see that all the time. There's no question. And like you said, and, and a lot of it is the beginner-type betters that are coming in and throwing those parlays there, which is fun, right? They're yeah. just trying to take a lottery ticket shot, so to speak. And a lot of people believe, even in MMA, all these favorites are going to cash, especially if they're three, four, 500 automatic. Right. I, I do want to ask about one fight on the prelim card. I'm wondering if you're getting any, any action on this. It's Terrence McKinney, a guy I know from Chicago, and what a debut he had in the UFC. I believe it was seven seconds uh, to get his knockout here. And right now, it's almost a pick and fight against Faris Zayam here. Are you seeing any action on this fight? People are coming in on Zayam. I, I think they're not mm. quite sold on McKinney yet, but man, this guy has nasty power. Like you said, he's proven it time and time again. Even before his UFC debut, that's what you have to worry about. So I wouldn't necessarily go speedy. I like Zayam. I've, I've been on his side in several bouts, but this is a spot for me. I'm staying away from it because both of these guys are phenomenal and they have finishing ability. Right. And that, again, a really sneaky fight on, on what could be a sneaky card here. Also on the prelims, just overall, are you seeing, Nick, any specific fight right now that's drawing attention from the uh, gambling standpoint? Not too much. I mean, I think, like I said, it's pretty much spread out throughout the entire card, and it will be one of those fight night cards that kind of delivers. Again, we said it last week. What a phenomenal card that yeah. was, right? I mean, it, it delivered above expectations, and I think this is going to be another one that kind of falls in that category as well. How'd so action's going to be spread out. How'd the book do last week? We did very well. Thankfully, it was booked well from our whole team from t you know start to finish. Sure. Because that was kind of a tricky spot, especially with Holloway coming through and that big line that you know was there as well. Absolutely scintillating. Uh, right, I took the over in that that one, so I cashed that ticket. Thank go. goodness. Uh, let's talk about UFC on the line a bit, uh, a little bit here on UFC Fight Pass. When people tune in, what can they see, Nick? Yeah, we're going to actually cover all the best bets and, and break down all the fights for like the main card and prelims on UFC Fight Pass. Now, the next one we're going to have is on UFC uh, the pay per views. That's usually the case. We end up offering all the pay per view events for UFC on the line, and then we throw in some fight nights as well. Uh, very quickly, because obviously when we talk about fights and you, you book lines here at, at Circa and put out those odds, when you get uh, Porter against. Crawford coming up on Saturday night here. What's the buzz on that fight? There's a lot of buzz. I mean, that's a phenomenal boxing match, and I think it's going to actually bring more action and more eyeballs to UFC and boxing, right? And across the board, again, we still have NFL this weekend, college basketball, college football, of course, so this is a very good weekend for betting. Nick, I always say, and I'm so glad you said it, it's a, it's a big tent here in combat sports, right? If you want to watch the Sean uh, Money Porter fight, against Crawford, go ahead and do that, but you can also watch UFC. It doesn't have to be exclusive one or the other. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of these diehard fans are doing that, right? They, they're streaming both, you know, on multiple TVs. You can't blame them. Yeah, absolutely cannot. And again, uh, check them out, UFC on the line at UFC Fight Pass. Nick, always appreciate the time and the information, Pleasure as always. Thank you, sir. And again, check him out and follow him on Twitter, as I do, at Fight Odds. Okay, we have much more to get to here on this main card. Uh, now, again, we're going to talk a little bit more about Misha Taton coming up uh, in the next segment. Ricardo Lamas, a man who knows... Uh, a lot about uh, basically being an underdog on the way to a title fight. We're going to have Ricardo uh, join us in the next segment because I'm very curious to get his take on this because the Misha Tate component here, if you will, is is that the former champion back in action, small dog and or you see right here, plus 100, uh, as we just discussed with Nick here. I just wonder if people think she actually has enough in the tank to make another run at the 135-pound title. We're going to find out. We'll discuss that with Ricardo. And again, Jordan Sherwood, Lou Finicaro, and Reed Coon, Reed Coon, Reed Coon rather, coming up at the end of this uh, plow to give us his numbers, by the numbers, who he thinks are going to win these fights. Don't go anywhere. It is First Strike right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, 
We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Back here on First Strike on Visa, and I am your host, Dave Ross. It is always a pleasure to be joined by the man they call the bully, Ricardo Lamas, one of the baddest men on the planet, at 145 pounds, and a perennial contender at 145. Now he is retired. I put that in air quotes, Ricardo, because we're talking about Misa Tate here, taking on uh, Ketlin Vera, which, Vera, which should be a really good fight here at UFC Apex tomorrow in Las Vegas. And she was retired, had a baby, came back, Looked good in her first fight back, Ricardo, and now trying to reclimb that ladder at 135 pounds to get back her crown she won at UFC 196. What do you make of fighters that can do that? They can actually step away for as long as she did. Saw her at the weigh-in. She looked fantastic, like she's back to being Misha Tate. Are you buying that this is a legit title run that she might be embarking on? We'll see after Saturday night. You know, you can take a break for a while. You can say you're retired. You give yourself kind of that break. You can come back and you can feel really good for that first fight. But does she still have it going back into camp, doing this day in and day out? We got to remember that one of the things that made her retire was that she just wasn't enjoying the training and the competing anymore. So, you know, you can maybe make it last for one fight, but we'll see once she gets back in the grind of that daily training camp after camp if she can keep that going. Look, we know Misha Tate. We know when she won the belt against Holly Holm, how she got it done, Ricardo. Obviously, the pathway back then at UFC 196 was get the fight down to the ground and go for submissions, which she ultimately did in a fight that she was trailing. Does that change Saturday night here in a five-round main event fight? Not necessarily, especially against her opponent, uh, Kathleen Vieira, where you know she has fought opponents that are similar to Misha Tate back in 2017. Uh, she fought another tough wrestler. Um, her name escapes me on this. Uh, man, I, I should know this. McMahon, I'm sorry. Right, but she Sarah McMahon. McMahon. Uh, yeah, Sarah McMahon, that's right. She fought her in 2007. Sorry, you know, 13 years getting punched in the head. I don't remember things so well nowadays. <laughs> but back in 2017, you know, it was a similar fight, similar matchup. Wrestler versus kind of another grappler. Uh, but the one thing is, when Vieira was on her back, she was taking a lot of damage in that fight kind of sitting back, she, her face was lumped up, and luckily later on in the fight, she got on top and, and turned the tides. If Misha Tate takes her down, I think we could see the same thing. In her last fight, she did win the fight by stoppage from, from top position. So I think the, the pathway to victory for her is the same thing again. Take her down to the ground, get in dominant position, and pound out the victory. Okay, that's why I love talking uh, fights with you, Ricardo, because again, with the wrestling background that you have, Ketlin Vieira is going to know that as well. What does she have to do to stop those takedowns? And does she just want to keep this fight standing? I wouldn't say necessarily she wants to keep it standing. She does have some dangerous submissions from top that uh, we've seen in some of her past fights. So if she can kind of reverse the roles and take Misha Tate down, uh, you know, Misha isn't a, a stellar grappler off her back, as are not most wrestlers. You know, we're used to being in top dominant position. So if she can reverse the roles and get the takedown, put Misha on her back, I think she'll find some success there. 
she may also be able to find some some success on her feet against Misha. She's not a you know one of the best strikers in, in the women's division there. Uh, so as long as as Vera is aggressive, I think she could find kind of success in in you know the stand up and the ground game as long as she's in dominant position in both places. All right, Ricardo, I got to put you on the spot here because uh, Vera right now minus one twenty here at Circus Sportsbook in Las Vegas. Who are you taking right now? The former champion, or do you think Vera improves to I believe twelve and two with a win on Saturday? Man, you know, th- this was a tough one. It is kind of a toss-up, but I'm leaning towards Tate on this one. I feel like she's the more rounded, uh, well-rounded mixed martial artist. And like I said, she's got a great wrestling pedigree. I think if she lands on top in those takedowns, she's she's going to punish Vieira. And this is a five-round fight. So I think the longer it goes, the more I put it in Misha Tate's favor. I think she's going to warm up and take this one. I got about a minute left with you here, Ricardo. I do want to ask you about Michael Chiesa, Mad Mav taking on uh, Sean Brady, which should be a really scintillating fight here. I think a, a stylistic matchup, which should be very interesting to see. How do you see this fight playing out here? This is another grappler versus grappler. Both are two strong guys. You know, Chiesa's a little bit bigger, has the reach advantage. His takedowns were a little bit different from the traditional wrestling takedowns. He, he more likes to take down out of the clinch. Um, but, man, you know, uh, this guy, Brady, he's got some really strong submissions. He's got a great guillotine uh, arm triangle. Paul Felder said he's never felt the squeeze as hard as, as Sean Brady's before. And Paul Felder is a guy that's been around the block. So I wouldn't sleep on this kid. Um, you know, Kiesa is a vet. Uh, he's got the experience over him. Um but I think I'm kind of leaning towards the undefeated Sean Brady in this one. Okay, that's what you hear from the man they call the bully, Ricardo Lamas. Follow him on Twitter as I do, at Ricardo Lamas MMA. Very quickly, as we say goodbye, what are you weighing these days? Because I'm just wondering about a comeback. You look at the bicep and you say I'm over 200s. But, you know, you look at the scale and I'm one, still 170 sexy, my friend. Always. Ricardo, appreciate the time and the information, my friend. We'll catch up again soon. Let's talk right now and shift the focus over to Jordan Sherwood joins us from ESPN Chicago. And again, you can follow uh, Jordan on Twitter as I do at Woodon 1063. Jordan, let's continue this conversation going that I just had there with Ricardo with Michael Chiesa against Sean Brady. He's starting to lean towards Brady in this one. Jordan, do you see the same lean here? I backed Mad Mad last time and that did not prove to be fruitful for yours truly. Yeah, look, I think we've all been in that situation with Michael Chiesa because he's that type of fighter. He's a top 15, top 10, you know, whatever division he's fighting in, he's got, he's going to have the reach advantage. I think he's going to be more well-versed in the standup. There's others that believe that Brady's going to have the advantage from the standup standpoint. I was just listening to the bully. I agree with him from a grappling standpoint. That's where this fight's going to win. Either Chiesa's going to lock in one of his long-arm submissions and make a move or the way that I lean is I'm going with the undefeated fighter. I'm going with the guy that according to the bully has chokes that uh, even Paul Felder said are the hardest that he's ever seen uh, a guy that's very tricky. And Michael Chiesa has had brain farts before inside the octagon. Mm. I'm baking on one more time. That happens. Brady goes to 15 and 0. That's my lean for the co-main event tomorrow night. All right, you guys are changing my opinion on that fight, but that's why I talk to you gentlemen here on First Strike. Let's talk about Yanni, Ronnie Yaya taking on Kyung Ho Kang. Should be a very exciting fight in this uh, this one, Jordan. Here, which way are you leaning in this fight? Yeah, I mean, yeah, if it, it's a grappler's delight for sure. Ronnie <laughs> Yaya has become now the Damian Maya that exists within the UFC. Uh, you know, it's a virtual pick 'em on the odds. Both guys extremely well-versed in grappling situations. Hani Yaya has become a round-and-a-half, a, a two-round fighter. Obviously, against you know, uh, King Ho, you know, he's going to have, I think, the submission advantage. But, but I don't have enough confidence that Hani Yaya is going to win on the feet. I don't have as much confidence that he's going to be able to win three rounds so, to, to lay a dollar ten. So I'm going for a submission win. I think... I, I think Hani uh, Yaya is going to win the fight. So I think then he's going to win via submission. And that's taking a big risk because Kang has only been submitted once in his mixed martial arts career. But if anybody's going to get it done, it's a guy like Hani Yaya. So I'll take value on the submission prop. I think it's plus 190 in some mm-hmm. spots, plus 175 in some others. So I, I think Haya is going to win. So he's going to win by submission. So that's how I'm going to play it. All right, talking with Jordan Sherwood, ESPN Chicago. Let's keep going down this uh, main event card here. And let's go to Davy Grant against Adrian Yanez in this one. Very intriguing fight, too. Uh, how do you see this one breaking down? 
Yeah, I, I think that it's going to be a stand-up fight until one of these guys goes to sleep. Davy Grant, unfortunately, because of his recent success, two of his last three fights, he's won via knockout, has now fallen in love with his hands. Mm. And Britain, listen, don't get me wrong. The guy can knock guys out. He hits with a ton of bricks. But this guy was earlier successful with submissions and grappling. And he should look to take this fight to the ground. But I think he's, he's fallen in love. And especially since his last fight when he lost to Marlon Vera, he was very tentative in that fight, and Marlon Vera took advantage. So I think he's going to want to make a statement against Yanis, uh, and, and that's, that's a bad recipe. So I like Yanis in this fight. He, I think he's a more well-versed striker. Uh, I, I think that Grant's going to likely go to sleep. Yanis, too much uh, uh, coin to lay down on him just to win. So I like him via TKO in this fight because there's value on that prop. And it's always fascinating to me, Jordan, when you see fighters go away from what made them and got them to this point, to your point about Davy Grant, that'd be very interesting if he stays and tries to, to, to fight this one and brawl it out, because if so, I'm with you on Yanez there. Let's talk about Loma Glukbunmi uh, against uh, Lupi Godinez here. What do you see in this fight? Well, it's intriguing because Godinez is now taking this fight. She's going to, I think, have the third quickest turnaround mm-hmm. between three fights uh, in UFC history. Uh, so she's an active fighter. Uh, she's a likable fighter, you know, very well versed. I think she's going to want to take this fight to the ground because she has the clear advantage uh, on the ground with the submissions and the grappling. I think that's going to be a tall task, though, against a woman who's shown good takedown defense uh, in some previous fights. And I'm going to lean a little bit on Luma on the stand up. And I think just because this is a fight on short notice, this is just because, you know, Godinez can't come into this fight and just fight. Like Luma's a fighter you have to game plan for because of her experience, uh, you know, in, in different organizations. So that's the only reason why I, I kind of like the underdog in this fight because of the takedown defense that she showcased before. She's a difficult fighter to do that against. This will be a stand-up fight in my opinion, and I think Luma has a slight advantage in that. So I'm going to take her to, to get the win. All right, that's a great breakdown there from Jordan Sherwood. Follow him on Twitter as I do at Wood on 1063. Jordan, appreciate the time, and the information. We'll get back with you again soon. When we come back here, it's Lou Finnecaro right here on First Strike on Visa. First strike on VEASAN, breaking down everything going on between Keklin Vieira and Misha Tate at UFC Fight Night right here at UFC Apex on Saturday in Las Vegas. Always enjoy the insight that this man brings, Lou Finicaro. You can follow him on Twitter as I do, at Gamble, and check out his Bout Business podcast. It's always a great listen. Lou, let's talk about this card here. And You know, we had Ricardo Lamas on earlier, and I always like to get a fighter's perspective here. I know that you really glean a lot when you watch these weigh-ins, too. And Misha Tate here, she had the long absence. She comes back. She looks good in her first fight back, trying to get back to her crown at 135 pounds. Right now, plus 100 to take her uh, against Ketlin Vieira here. What did you glean from her at the weigh-in? Because to me, she looks comfortable being back here at her old home at 135 pounds. That's exactly what I took from it, Dave. And first of all, let me just say thank you. This is a great show, and I love to participate in it. Misha's very comfortable not only in main events, but in the lights and camera and action that goes along with a main event production and five rounds of fighting. She not only can handle the weigh-ins, she can handle the actual fight itself. And this will be Vieira's first trip into main event territory. She's mentioned how thrilled and honored she is, no question, but there's gotta be a little bit of nerves, especially taking on someone with the experience and the body of competition that Tate possesses. Absolutely, and again, you mentioned the five rounds and that Misha Tate is comfortable in this spot. Obviously, when she won the belt years ago at UFC 196, she won it in that fifth round by getting the submission over Holly Holm. To that end, Nick Likas here, at Circus Sportsbooks does a great job of setting the line. He set this year uh, over under four and a half, juiced heavily to the over here. Do you expect this fight to go potentially uh, to a distance and at least into the fifth round? 
You know, that's a good question. But the way I see it, Dave, is I see Ketlin Vieira coming up, guns afire, and Misha going to have to weather seven to 10 minutes of fury from the uh, Brazilian fighter. But I think that when we get into round three and further, we'll see the Misha grind, the experience, her, her, I think she'll be able to take Vera down, get on top and make it ugly. And so something that looks like Misha decision or submission late in the fight is how uh, this fight feels to me. And there you go. Tape by decision plus 200. And Lou always gets you the best way to try to make some, uh, the best profit possible with the uh, likely outcomes. And I think they're, could be a good scenario there if you like Misha via decision. It is plus 200. Uh, Lou, I'm fascinated by the Michael Chiesa against Sean Brady, the undefeated Sean Brady right now. We've had our experts on and even Ricardo Lamas here kind of leaning towards the undefeated Sean Brady in this one. What do you make, though, here? Because the betting public is seeing it that way right now, too. Yeah, that's what's preventing me. I, I mean, had I been a little bit more adroit and been able to get Brady at 140, 145, yes. Uh, at the price now, that it really favorites in the plus 100 to minus 200 segment. As those favorites grow, that is the least profitable segment of betting UFC fights. So right now, Brady's in that area that I don't want to touch. My tact for this is to wait and see if maybe it comes down a little. Kiesa has experience. Kiesa has size. Kiesa's been in with far better. And Kiesa likes to bully and make his opponent go backwards. And if he has success with that, he often does very well. But if he doesn't, then he can... I, I don't want to say that any UFC fighter is weak-minded because we don't even know what they go through to get into the cage. But I don't believe that mentality is the strength of Kies in this fight. I think it's the strength of Brady, and that's why the fight is so close. And I really have very little opinion, except that I, I could not side with Kiesa thinking he is less than 110% mentally aware. You know, it's interesting because uh, I was saying this earlier, Lou, to, to Nick, there's a lot of 35, 33-year-old fighters on this card, and the common denominator here is they're mostly underdogs here on the main card and the, the uh, prelim card. When does age for you as a handicapper really come into, into a specific fight? Because again, I, I don't think it can just be coincidental that it always feels like the older fighter here, if it's not just even money, they're normally a slight dog. Uh, um, I, I find no bearing with age whatsoever because a 40-year-old heavyweight's way different than a 40-year-old bantamweight. Right. The bantamweight needs his legs and athleticism, and the heavyweight doesn't. So I take it really fight by fight. I, I try not to throw a blanket. Um, yes, I use analytics, but I don't need analytics because what my I think what I try and bring to the table is a projection of how this man with this body type and this arsenal is going to compete with this other man of a different body type, a different country, and a different fight arsenal. Absolutely love that breakdown. Again, it gives older guys like me a little hope that age is, in fact, just a number. Let's talk about Ronnie Yaya here. Uh, it should be a very interesting fight against Kyung Ho Kang here. Um, and again, I, I look at, at Ronnie Yaya and think, you know, this could be the fight of the night. It should be a very exciting fight here. From uh, breaking it down handi from a handicap standpoint, Lou, how do you do just that? Yeah, this is a perfect example, Dave. I mean, we have a, a South Korean fighter here, and we got a Brazilian fighter. The South Korean fighter is three inches taller, two, two years younger. He's longer. He's stronger. He's more athletic. He's well more well. He's more well-rounded in fight arsenal. Has a good, stable judo base. Can strike and roll on the ground. Yaya is a world-class grappler. Period. He's not a deft striker. He's not very athletic. He's undersized. And if you hit him flush, he'll go for you. So it's a very specialist kind of a fighter against Kang, the South Korean, that's going to have a lot of physical advantages and I think a lot of fight weapon advantages. And I don't necessarily see this fight lined as closely as the makers do. Wow. Very interesting handicap there. Look, I'm fascinated by Joanna Calderwood going back to the ultimate fighter, watching her there. She always felt like a quiet assassin to me and, and, and a woman maybe on the cusp one day 
of getting to a title shot. And really, it just hasn't played out her career the way I thought it would. Now she's a sizable underdog against Talia Santos. Do you get the feeling like I do, Lou, that this is like the last shot for Calderwood to still really be taken seriously if she can, be, if she can pull off what would be, according to the odds makers, a big upset? I don't know if it's quite that dire for her. I mean, she's been in with the absolute best, and Santos is the one that really lacks the resume to be in with Calderwood. Calderwood's the higher-ranked fighter. She's the taller, longer, more gifted striker, in my opinion. However, Santos is a bulldog, and she's going to try and crowd Calderwood. If Calderwood can keep space, I think she has a chance in this fight. Listen, the over two and a half is minus 320. So uh, to me, this is a very, very misaligned fight. Yes, uh, I think Joanne Wood should be an underdog in this fight, but she shouldn't be any plus 300 underdog. I would advise people, take a little taste on Wood because we're going to see three rounds of fighting here and she could win the decision. Yeah, absolutely. Again, (laughs) if you notice the common theme here in those first four fights, all the older fighters are all the dogs going in. Let's talk about David Grant against Adrian Yanez. Again, could be a very intriguing fight here. And we just talked to Jordan Sherwood, and I thought it was an interesting point about fighters falling in love with how they've kind of gotten some of their wins. Davy Grant obviously knocking guys out. We don't think of him as that type of fighter. What style of fight do you think might play out in this one, and who do you lean towards? Well, I mean, Grant's talking like he wants to make a show of it. That means he's going to go out and try and compete with Yanez on the feet, which is total suicide, Mm. uh, because eventually Yanez will just absolutely shred him. So uh, I think that could be shtick because Grant is 35. He knows this is his last real role, and I I think he's going to have to be smart. And we haven't seen Yanez take down defense tested whatsoever. What's he like if he has to get on his back against someone? And I think Davy Grant... If he's smart, and I think he is, is going to test that. And I'm looking forward to seeing the result. Okay, that should be a very intriguing one. I do want to ask a a couple here on the prelim card and get your opinion on it. And I'll I'll be honest, I'm in the tank for Terrence McKinney, a Chicago guy, came from Chicago myself, and kind of really fun to watch his ascent here. I believe it was a seven-second knockout last time we saw him. And now plus 100 here in his fight against uh, Farah Zayam here. Are we a little bit – should we be apprehensive as a better – to say, all right, because he looks so good in that flash knockout, is this a little bit too much too soon for Terrence McKinney? Uh, We're going to find out here because he's in with a kid that is gifted. He comes with a Muay Thai background, taller, longer, elbows, knees. And I think what we'll see from McKinney, if we can just get a round out of him, is four more minutes than we've seen in his last three or four fights. He's flashed, knocked down everybody he's faced in the last three or four fights. So the key for Ziam or Ziam here is to take this fight into the second round. I think he can do it, and I think when he does it, he's going to hold tremendous advantage. All right, Lou, always appreciate the insight. Again, check him out, About Business Podcast, and follow him on Twitter as I do, at GamLou. Enjoy the fights, Lou. We'll catch up with you again next week. Good luck, everyone, and thanks, Dave. Absolutely. When we come back, Reed Kuhn is going to do it analytically, give you some winners right here on First Strike on Visa. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Thank you. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Back here on First Strike on Vison breaking down Ketlin Vieira against Misha Tate here, UFC Fight Night at UFC Apex on Saturday. Always great to have Reed Kuhn join us. You can follow him on Twitter as I do, at Fightnomics, as he gives you the best value that he finds with his numbers each and every week. Reed, great to have you back in the program. Let's talk about the main event here with Ketlin Vieira against Misha Tate because I always think it's interesting, obviously, when we talk to people like Ricardo Lamas, former fighters, kind of been in this fight, take some time away, come back. And obviously, Misha Tate looked great in her comeback fight here, and now it's fight number two after a very long layoff. What are the numbers telling you, and how can you – is there a way to gauge that layoff uh, when you go back and compute? Because obviously, the results she had pre-pregnancy, you know, before she became a mother, I'm sure it's going to look a little bit different now in her comeback. Yeah, it's a good point. And technically speaking, uh, she actually is disqualified from even being in our model because she doesn't have three fights over five years. She just missed the window if we go way back to before she semi-retired. Um, so I've had to play with the dates a little bit to, to simulate this matchup. It's not a perfect prediction. To your point, that, that comeback match, she looked great. I felt like it was a really favorable tune-up fight for her. You know, the promotion was giving her someone who was on her way out anyway, retiring much older fighter. Um, she had clear grappling advantage in that fight. So she did look great and she lived up to expectation in that fight. And I definitely was kind of backing her just with my head, not my numbers. Um, but this fight is going to be different. This is a much more difficult opponent. This is going to be a grappler on grappler fight. And sometimes that turns into a striking bout because they cancel each other out. No one can take each other down. I don't think that's going to be the case here. I actually do think these girls are going to get into scrambles. There's going to be some takedowns. And on paper, at least, Vieira is the stronger grappler. Her numbers are superior. However, strength of schedule uh, and a big wild card with Tate. So if we just did the math and backed up and said, who should we back? I would be backing Ketlin Vieira. Um, I did notice her line kind of went all over the place. Yeah. It flipped a couple times, and she's back into a very slight favorite. Who knows where it's going to land, especially since Tate is so popular. But I will be backing Vieira tomorrow. Um, I think it's her wrestling that gets this done, which is interesting. Obviously, Tate, takedown Tate before she became cupcake Tate. Uh, so, you know, she's a good wrestler too, but I think Vieira is, is going to be one step at the, and, and five years younger. You know, that, that doesn't hurt either. No, it does help, obviously, in the equation there. And I'm sure that a lot of people, astute observations, uh, observationalists of the sport are realizing, hey, Mish Tate is 35. She did have, to your point, doesn't even fit the model that you have because she's been so inactive here in the last five years. But she is back. And again, when you look at the total rounds here, juiced heavily to the over at minus 170, do you see this? Because again, as a main event, obviously it's a five-round fight here. Do you think Misha, because of the layoff, will try to make this extend this fight against the younger fighter to maybe gain an advantage late 
So therefore, can you see this fight playing out? Maybe that that overplay is juiced there for a reason. Yeah, I, I would think that two wrestlers going at it who good, have probably good submission defense, uh, neither is going to catch each other in something silly early, I don't think. I think this probably stretches out. I do have a concern on Vieira, though. When you look at her striking statistics, she is overwhelmingly a power striker. She tends to swing big, mm. and she uses a very high pace. And this is her first five-rounder. I'm a little worried about her gas tank in the fourth and fifth round. We just haven't really seen it yet. Um, so that, that is a concern for me. Otherwise, I would have gone the over, clearly, on this one. Um, you know, Neither one of them is going to knock the other one out, I don't think, on the feet. Uh, so this turns into a grappling match, and you have two good grapplers. Uh, defensively. So I think that cancels each other out. I think this does stretch out into a long fight, but I am worried about the gas tank. Yeah, I, I think that Misha Tate might have flashbacks too and see a, of a Brazilian striker coming at her, but at least this one is not named Amanda Nunes. So we'll see how this one plays out here at USC Apex. Let's talk about uh, Talia Santos against uh, Joanna Calderwood, Joanna Wood here. And again, uh, you know, I, I do look at Joanna and I say, boy, I wonder if as a big underdog in this one, Reed, she has been up there with some of the very best in her weight class, but she's never quite gotten over that hump, and now she's a big betting underdog here. What are the models showing you in this fight? Yeah, on paper, this is very clearly a striker versus grappler fight. Calderwood has excellent striking Muay Thai. Um, she, she likes to be at a distance, but she's not afraid to use her elbows up close. But Santos is very good in the clinch, but mostly on the ground. So you will absolutely see her take some takedown attempts here. Um, and if she puts wood, Calder wood, I'm still getting used to it. Me too. She puts wood on her back. Uh, <laughs> she is definitely going to be out of her element. Um, if she gets pinned on the mat, this is definitely going to be Santos over three rounds. So that's, that's the question is, can Calderwood defend those takedowns? 63% takedown defense. Historically speaking, that's right on par of average. So if she is average, I think Santos eventually gets her down. It may take her her first and second attempt to get there, but 78% success rate for Santos in terms of her takedowns, and she attempt, attempts them at a fairly good clip, I think she eventually gets it there. And so that's why I think that's why the numbers are leaning pretty heavily on Santos here. She's a justifiable favorite. Um, that price, though, wow. I mean, I've seen this a few times this week and on some upcoming cards where someone opened as a mild favorite, and here they are, like, three, four to one. That's a lot of steam. So I don't know if people are going to be using her straight up, probably throw into parlays. Um, but, yeah, that's, I, I am also on the Santos side. My only caveat is that maybe the strength of schedule isn't quite as good as what Wood has been facing. Uh, but the numbers definitely like Santos. Right there with you, Reed. When I saw this number just get jacked up, and I'm like, wow, okay, I understand why Santos is the favorite. I just didn't think it would ever get to where Calderwood or Wood is now plus 290, and I'm getting used to that name change as well. Uh, very quickly to that end then, Reed, if we want to kind of fight script, play this out to maybe find the value uh, to what your numbers are showing, maybe Santos via decision in that three-round fight could be the best way instead of laying that gigantic number. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, she might have some good ground and pound, she, but I, I think Wood has been there before. She's pretty seasoned. She has a lot more UFC experience than Santos does. Um, so again, it's like Tate. I, I do see her on the receiving end of the wrestling, but I don't see her getting caught in something you know, early or that she shouldn't get caught in. She's, pretty, she's a veteran of the game here. So when I see those dynamics, I tend to go with the over. Let's talk about Ronnie Yaya against Kyung Ho Kang here. And again, a fight that I think potentially he's got fight of the night. Uh, possibilities and a sneaky good card here. When you run those models, read on this one, how do you think this one might play out? Yeah, this is interesting. Um, speaking of grapplers delight here. So Yaya is one of the, the most prolific submission artists in the game. And uh, you can see it on the page. When I look at the numbers, it leaps right off. This guy attempts uh, almost two takedowns per minute while he's standing. He really doesn't even want to strike. Now it's interesting. He's, He's similar to Damian Maya in the fact that he uses his jabs at high volume as a way to close the distance. So he's not really using his hands to effectively strike most of the time. He's using it just to distract and set up the takedown. And eventually he does get it there. Once he's there, he's going for the submissions every possible way. I mean, he has a lot of different types of submissions. So the question here is, can Kang stand up to that? His takedown defense, 71%. That's decent. Um, I just don't think he's faced as much takedown threat as Yaya is going to bring in this fight. So 
normally you don't see me betting on someone who's like 37 and plus. Uh, I am backing Yaya here. That's, this is another one where the line has flipped a couple times. So I don't know if you can find him at plus money still. But then if he does win, it's because he's getting the grappling. And unlike the other matchups here, I think there is much more threat of a submission. So on the feet, he can get his bell rung. He's been knocked down three times. He's never scored a knockdown himself. That's a little dangerous against Kang. But I think he eventually gets it down. So now I'm looking at the submission prop. Uh, right. Is there some money there to be had? Absolutely. Got a couple minutes left here with Reed Coon. Again, follow him on Twitter as I do at Fightnomics. Great numbers, Reed, that you always bring to the table. Let's look at the co-main event here. And Michael Kiesa, Mad Mav, taking on Sean Brady, the undefeated Sean Brady, I might add. And the steam has come in, certainly for the undefeated fighter on this one. When you break it down with the numbers in this three-round fight, is there any value on the plus money of Mad Mav? I don't. It. This is one where I think I agree with the price, which is favoring Brady as a mild favorite. Um, well, minus 170, we'll see where it lands. But uh, he's the younger guy, undefeated, like you said. His striking statistics are really strong. Um, very accurate striker. Uh, Mav, historically, is a grappler. So when he gets back control, he will backpack people, eventually get a rear naked choke. That's his bread and butter. And I'm not sure if he's going to be able to pull that off here. Now, it remains to be seen. I mean, I don't have a ton of data on Brady. He's doesn't, he hasn't been around as long as Chiesa, uh, but his grappling stats are basically perfect. Um, you know, 100% takedown defense, 99, 100% control time on the ground. Uh, so we have to see how good that stands up to someone like Mike Chiesa. If forced to like, make a play on this, I'm actually going with Brady, even though he is juiced. Um, but I'm also interested to just see this leap up in competition that he's going to face here. Yeah, you know, I got burned in the Paulo Costa fight here with, with Mad Mav. And again, we had Ricardo Lamas on. He said nobody has felt that squeeze quite like Sean Brady has. So hopefully uh, Kiesa doesn't find himself in that situation again. Uh, Reed Kuhn, always appreciate the time and the information, my friend. Enjoy the fights. We'll catch up with you again soon. Thank you. All right, again, uh, that's going to put a book on this one here. Thanks to Nick Leakus, Ricardo Lamas, Jordan Sherwood, Lou Finicaro, Reed Kuhn. Enjoy the fights, everybody. It's First Strike here on VC. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.